0: Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the Upworthy Weekly podcast. My name is Todd Perry, and I'm a staff at upworthy and with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. You know her from the podcast Allison Rosen is your new best friend. How's it going, Allison?
1: Good. How are you doing, Todd Perry?
0: I'm good. You know, whenever people ask me that, I always think of like when old people say, you know, any day above ground is a good one. <laughs> yes. You know, and and I just think that I just I think that about uh every Friday, because, sorry guys, we don't record the show at midnight on Saturday in the morning. We,
1: we're live. When they put on their earbuds or whatever, we're inside their earbuds talking to them.
0: Doing the show directly for them.
1: <laughs> for them. For you.
0: <laughs> but I just say, you know, any day where I get to sit and uh, do this show with you, you know, just like any day above ground, you never know. You, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Anytime we have the opportunity to do this show, it is a wonderful day for me. So, happy that we're doing it today.
1: Same. I am always delighted to see you on a Saturday morning at exactly the time that they are listening. And don't you dare let them think it's any other time, Todd Perry, crusher of dreams.
0: Don't you think it's weird, though, when, say, it's like a Friday night you know, it's like eleven o'clock at night. You're just getting ready to go to bed, and then you we get the little bell that we have to do the show, and then <laughs> and then we re- and then I, we're like, oh I have to no, get out of bed. Yeah, we have to get out of bed. It's cold, <laughs> and then you realize yeah. like, oh no, they're listen- they're doing that show from uh, September. We got to remember that one. And then we have like our scripts and we sit and look at them mm. and we're like, okay. And I'm like, and I always say, Allison, all right, big energy. No Jeb today. No low energy. We want full. Al-. And you're like, okay. And then, yeah. but you get in and you do it. And every time, and then it's like people pause the show and then yeah, we're Yeah, like, I have to pause. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. At, right. Or sometimes they'll take us with them from the house into their car oh. and then we just have to randomly start, start, you know, recreating a different episode. Oh, I don't know why that happens, but sometimes it does happen when you take us from your house to the car. We just do a different episode,
0: or sometimes we get the feeling that they fell asleep and just left the show running.
1: Yes,
0: and so all night, and then we just start screwing with them, and then they don't that's mm-hmm. how we know when they're asleep, or and it's when we'll, we'll just start saying weird stuff like you'll start calling me Allison, and I'll start calling you Todd, and then I'll be like, yeah. Oh my god, me and Daniel. And then uh, you'll see, like, oh, he's going to get hit with an anvil. And then mm-hmm. we, that's right. we mix them, yeah. and that's how we know they're asleep, so then we can go to sleep.
1: <laughs> that's right, when we start getting silly. Speaking of sleeping, you know, do you, are, you, are you on the White Lotus train, Todd Perry?
0: I was on for the first season. I saw it. I thought it was great. And then I actually heard someone say the second season's actually better.
1: It's so, I can't, I can't be sure which one's better. I loved the first season. I loved the second season. I fell asleep during the finale. And that is only because I have two small children and I am not good at managing my time and I'm just tired all the time. Uh, And I don't get enough sleep. But anyway, I fell asleep during the finale, but like I woke up enough to know what happened. So mm-hmm. I've got the broad strokes, but there's these gaps in the middle. And so like three or four times, Daniel and I have tried to watch it and I keep falling asleep at the same spot. And for him, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Like we're never getting past, I mean, he's seen it all, but now on the rewatch, like we're never getting past a certain <laughs> spot. I don't know if I should even try at this point or if I should just accept that there will always be gaps in my understanding of the finale. mm
0: Mm. Well, no, you can't do that with a finale. You have to eventually know. watch it in the morning, have a cup of coffee, like give the kids oh, that's something. that's a good to, idea. Like, I don't know, some yeah. shaving cream to play with or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if you just put like shaving... thumbtacks? Yeah, it, you just put it on the table and let them go at it. Uh, and then you just sit <laughs> down and you, and you like hold each other's hands and make sure they stay awake or get like a fly swatter to like whack them, you know, or whatever they hit it's... you with in church.
1: I think uh A Bible. Um, It never, two things. It never even occurred to me to conceivably watch this show in the morning. I mean, this is like, talk about eye-opening. And two, I love the idea that (laughs) spraying some shaving cream on the table is going to keep my kids occupied. You've never done that? Has this worked for you? No. Oh, yeah. You have done this?
0: Yeah. Well, you got to get the white, like, foamy stuff, not the gel.
1: Sure. No, I know. I'm, I'm envisioning all the f- shaving cream that my dad used when I was growing up. It's At a certain point, he switched to gel, but growing up, he was a white foam guy.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a gel guy, but I would buy, like, the, the Barbasol, like, the can that, right. like, it, it like, rusts on Looks the bottom.
1: Like a, mm-hmm. Yes, and it leaves a rust ring, sure.
0: Yeah, and then you just put something down on the table, and then you, uh, <laughs> you do that in front of the kid, and they'll just sit and play mm. in it like it's snow. Wow.
1: I had no idea i mean it really it really is like i feel like it's like throwing down a bunch of ribbon for cats or something i as as is very clear if, if you know like i don't have a we don't have cats so i don't know if cats enjoy ribbons i imagine they would though and i hope that's not dangerous for them to play with ribbons or whatever it feels like throwing down a bunch of like scraps of paper for a dog
0: yeah it's like that, but for children, and then you can go go watch your show. And last thing, because on today's show, we're going to talk about the most, uh, some of the most popular and engaging stories on Upworthy, upworthy.com, uh, from the week of December 12th to the 16th. But one last thing, talking about the... This is a memory I had not thought of in a long time, and I, I just got to get this out. Um, Please. Speaking of the shaving cream with the little... Uh, you said how the, it leaves a ring... On, yes. on 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 top of the uh, bathroom countertop well i was moving out of an apartment i had in redondo beach with my wife before we bought our first house and my wife had left a thing of shape like women's shaving cream which i don't mm-hmm. i don't what's the difference between maybe um, one's not for your face i don't know uh
1: it it smells like fruit sometimes
0: and it costs 30% more
1: yeah exact the pink tax yeah exactly i know about that
0: but mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my wife had the shaving cream in there and it left a ring. And so like after we moved out of the a- apartment, I got a bill from the landlord and for $270. Oh, wow. And it's an expensive ring. And said, quote, there was nicotine stains in the shower. Oh, oh wow. And I was like, "Sir, first of all, how do you smoke in the shower? <laughs> I know who who does that. And like, I I, just, I smoked in what like what in one round spot. It's so confusing. Yeah, and I go, you know what? I'll come back and I'll wash it off. And I came back and I just scrubbed real quick. All the rest was gone, totally uh-huh. fine. So anyway, let's Did get you on. instantly know what it
1: was? Yes. Sorry, and it was my my wife. Did you knew it, what by it was by the way, right you know? away. Yeah. No, I know. I just if I if I had heard that I'd left nicotine stains in the shower, which is so preposterous. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I would not. I don't know that I would instantly think. Oh, he's. They're talking about that ring that I left. So that's what. I, that's why I was wondering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I knew what it was. But you okay. Knew. Looks like time to play the intro for your first show. Are you ready, Alice? Ready. Ready. And now. Wednesday Adams of Upworthy. Alison Rose. Why in the world we even chose her for this show remains to be seen. Take it away, Princess of Darkness.
1: Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute her. I am a sunny and positive presence. I that theme song makes no sense. Anyway, here are 13 bizarre dreams people say they've had over and over. Uh, and so evidently, recurring dreams are a pretty common thing. Uh, most recur, not all, but most recurring dreams are somewhat negative, and uh, usually they deal with uh, an unresolved challenge or an unmet need. That's sort of what the dream is working out. So here are some odd. Uh, Although, really, not that odd. I recognize an, a number of them, but, you know, arguably odd dreams that uh, people say they have over and over. And we're not going to do all 13, but we'll do, you know, a decent chunk of them. Yeah. Um, one,
0: what? I said, yeah. Like, cool. Like, I was agreeing oh, with okay. you. Okay. Like, hey, <laughs> like, preach on, Daddy O, cat. <laughs> See, you, you just can't. Right on. You yeah. can't deal with no, are hip Todd, you know, changing it up on the show here. I'm. Um, for the younger kids that listen got to get that younger demo up on the show
1: yes yeah no i uh i'm all about this new guy that i'm now doing the show with i'm glad you're picking up what i'm laying down hip todd okay uh the the dream where you have to take an exam and you realize you forgot to attend class all semester mm. Uh, there was this one is so common that there was a Washington Post article about it, and they theorize that it is about being tested in some way, um, the anxiety of not being prepared or measuring up. I have a, a um, permutation of this one. I have a dream where I suddenly realize that I haven't been going to class all semester. But uh, it's not it's not the nervousness of the test that's about to come up. It's that, oh, no, I, I'm like, I didn't get credit for this class. And like, I'm in trouble because what am I going to do? I, it is it is a not being prepared, but it's not specifically sitting down for the test. It's more like, how did I forget that I was enrolled in this class? It, it's very similar. What about you? Do you have this one?
0: I, I have this one. But the thing is, it's not hypothetical. It's more of a memory.
1: Oh, you had this?
0: Of like, oh, I just showed up in you know, at the final and didn't attend class oh. the whole year, which was kinda like how I treated college. So I see. it's more like a direct memory of, oh man, I haven't been to class in three weeks. I how thi- did
1: it how, how did it work out for you? Was it as bad as we all imagine it would be?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and you walk in and you what's going on? Um yeah, or I I couldn't I continuously have the dream where I've got like two more classes to go to graduate, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they are because like the line is so long at the student yeah. union that like I could just never get in to talk to a counselor, so I don't know and so it's like oh it's gonna be another six months because you don't know what classes and this keeps right. going on and then I'll wake up and I'll be like really upset that I'm still in college at forty five, <laughs> and and then um and then I'm like oh wait I graduated like we actually have a diploma that says, it, and then I'll get this like warm feeling of like, I did it. And then, yeah. So that's, it's that's funny. the good part.
1: It's funny how often we all still dream about school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Such a, a, a loaded, uh, Loaded thing for in, in all of our psyches. Okay, another one, a very common recurring dream is like a frustration dream. So not being able to dial a phone, not being able to read a book, not being able to arrive where you're trying to go. Mm. I have the phone one a lot. Um, like there's some sort of urgent situation and I'm like trying to dial and I just, my fingers keep hitting the wrong keys. Um, another common one is losing your teeth uh, I have this one as well. It can be dealing with loss. It can be concerns about well-being. It can be fear of being criticized. I had heard it's um, a dream about uh, infantilization, too, like a situation that makes you feel young or maybe not feeling old enough. Um, or I had also heard, now I'm going off book. This is not in the story. But I had heard that yeah. like teeth can represent aggression. So I, d- I don't know. It's, it seems like teeth can represent a lot of different things, Um but then also I used, when I used to wear retainers, which I think my orthodontist, I don't even know if he's still alive, but if he is, he would wish that I still wore them. You're supposed to wear them for the rest of your life, which they never, ever tell you when you're a teenager. Um, but I think also sometimes I would have the dream that my teeth were coming out when I was wearing my retainers and it was just a, like my mouth it feels dry and uncomfortable. like a, It was just a response
0: to stimulus. Do you oh. have this one? No, I have the yeah. Like my teeth are kind of decaying. Like I've got like meth mm. mouth or something. Yeah, th- that like and it, but it to me it feels like it's a symbol of some s- sort of internal rot mm. that's manifesting in the teeth. Like you know, uh, not that I'm a meth user, but like if someone was a meth user, like the first symptoms or, or a symptom that they're not uh, very healthy is that their their teeth begin to go right. And so I think it's like that. When I get that thing, it's like I'm trying to eat something and then my teeth are kind of falling out. Yes. Um, That's a stress. Yes, I've
1: had, right. I've had like dreams where it's like corn niblets are just, but it's my (laughs) teeth, but this is is like handfuls of corn niblets and I'm just like pulling them out of my mouth. Okay. Um, Here's a, a happy dream. You find a whole new room. Uh, or a whole like a whole wing of your house or apartment or a new room that you didn't know about. That one, I love that dream. Yeah. Do you ever have that one?
0: Yeah, I've had that one, and it's like, yeah, there's something in there that's like, like. It's like full of like cool instruments or it's full yeah. of something that like I really want. This is usually a positive dream. Yes, I don't I go in there and it's like always. a torture chamber. or
1: <laughs> Filled with all the teeth that came out in other dreams.
0: I go in there and it's like, you know, my house when I was seven and my sister and mom are screaming at each other or something. You know, yeah. it's a usually a very positive place. But then once you leave and you try to go back, you can't find it. Or you don't know where it is in your house. Oh, yeah,
1: I I haven't had that. Um, I remember this. I never had this one recurring, but it was like I can still remember the like the bestest dreams I had when I was a little kid. And one of them was in the back of my closet. There were three doors and one went to an elevator. One went to an escalator. You can tell how old I was based on the fact that it was like one escalator. Oh, my gosh. And one went to like a roller coaster. Oh, that's fun. Talk about, yeah. I mean, a roller coaster in the back of your closet. It was a real like Narnia plus type situation. Um, okay, another common dream, which I don't have this one, thankfully, uh, is being
0: chased. Mm. I usually don't know. I mean, I might have it where sometimes like the police are chasing mm. me, you know, and so that that's a little scary, but I don't have that yeah. too much. Uh, you know, you're talking about like the things like you're, like you're trying to dial a number on a phone and you can't seem to do it. I had this dream where I'm trying to get to Disneyland. Oh. But I can't find it. It's like I keep driving, like I, I, I'm went the wrong way. It's like, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm driving in Orange County, everything kind of looks the same. So I don't know. And it's like I'm driving around. And I just can't find Disneyland. It gets later and later. And then it's like, well, are re- really going to pay 120 bucks to be there for like an hour? You know? <laughs>
1: It's more than that now I think. Actually, maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I have dreams of like it's just too late. It's too, you're too late for things. Um, one that's not on this list, <clears throat> excuse me, but a recurring dream that I've had is like a recurring driving dream. Where I'll be driving and then suddenly the road, it'll almost get like Jetson style. Like the road will sort of lift up and twist around and I'll think like, I don't know that my car is going to be able to stay on this road. And sometimes the steering wheel entirely will snap off.
0: Oh, oh, and then you get like this feeling of weightlessness. Do you get that?
1: No, that sounds cool. This is no, more this of an anxiety dream. This is, a, yeah. this is oh. like... I'm out
0: of control and the car is whipping over and then like right before it flips over because you're going Mm -hmm. too steep, like you wake up.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't had that, but that sounds bad. Yeah. It sounds scary.
0: I have reoccurring dreams about two things and I've had them Hmm. my entire life. A, and I've talked about this before, uh, the elephant man. After, as a kid, I saw a picture of the Elephant Man, and it really scared the living crap out of me. And even though I've now seen the movie a million times and really loved the film, I still have dreams of, like, the Elephant Man, like, comes into my my room at night. Like, you know when you're half awake and you see, like, a shadow? My brain goes to, oh, it's the Elephant Man again. He's back in the house. I told Elephant Man to stay out. Uh, I I, I care for him, but he he freaks me out. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe some kind of fear of deformity. I don't know. And then I have my second one is a reoccurring dream where I keep finding myself at Marineland that I did my whole documentary podcast on, marinelandpodcast.com. LA's own ah. Marineland on wherever you get podcasts. But I always find myself back at the Marine Park. And that's part of some weird thing where I think when I was four, I saw like the whales there and it was traumatizing. And so my, my mind is just reliving. This That's thing. so
1: interesting. Always, my friend Greg. Yeah, my friend Greg dreams about lobsters all the time. He has like constant, recurring lobster dreams. His wife is a therapist, and he's in therapy. Um, and he, oh, I'm trying to remember. He was a regular on my show. This is Greg Heller, uh, regular on Alice Rosen's Your New Best Friends. So any listeners of that show might remember what it turned out that those lobster dreams were because now I'm forgetting. But he had oh. some ideas about like, it represents XYZ, but I can't remember. I feel like maybe it represented like money or something. Oh, that's is that right? Like opulence or his... Yeah, but I don't... But it was it was deeper than that. Or maybe that's not what it is. You know... I feel like it had something to do with his dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have brought it up because was this really went nowhere.
0: His dad lobster was part. Lobster Boy.
1: Yes, exactly. You ever
0: saw that movie? Uh, w- w- interesting thing is, so I'm not plugging, I'm just bringing this up here. What's This Dow All About? A podcast I did a long time about Eastern philosophy. My co-host, Dr. Carl Totten, he would always talk about how dreams provide the next level of evolution for humanity. which sounds like some new agey BS, but here's how he rationalized it. So it's like we have, you know, we evolved due to like, you know, Darwinian struggles, right? Due to like survival of the fittest and, you know, everybody knows how that works, right? But also humans evolve because of uh, solar rays, right? Like the kind of radiation that comes from the sun actually changes Mm -hmm. our DNA. So we'll get weird formations, right? And then that'll lead to changing the species slowly. Or gives new options, right, uh, right. For, for genetic selection. Third, he said, was dreams, because dreams we cannot control. And dreams are ideas that are just kind of randomly show up in our mind that we'll remember and we will bring into reality. Hmm. Because even if Interesting. you... Like, even it, it, it still changes your mental formation, and you're a different person the next day, right? Like... Yeah. Have you ever had that dream where, like, you have, like, a... I don't know, a coworker or someone you go to school with, and you have a, know what you are going to say like a weird romantic dream about them.
1: Yeah, I knew you were going to say this. Yes, and it's some- and then you suddenly feel that way towards them. Yes,
0: and even if it's like somebody that in no way you thought about that way, yeah. but after yes. you play that out in a dream, you start looking at them funny the, the next day. You are like, I maybe this. I, is I never don't have.
1: I never don't have
0: that experience. I oh, that, I have that experience all the time. But here is what
1: I always wonder, and maybe Darrell. Darl, Carl Totten, Dr. Carl (laughs) Totten would have something to say about this. What I always wonder is, do I have these feelings about the person suddenly because they showed up randomly in my dream? Or did they show up randomly, quote unquote, in my dream because some part of me had these feelings about them? Mm -hmm. Because the dream came out of your your own mind, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, what I've read is basically a dream is just your brain trying to make sense and like defrag from the day, you know? Like when we used to have computers, and when we used to have computers, before they were imprinted (laughs) in our brains. Remember those old days. Remember those? (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I'm speaking from the future again. Future Todd. Hi. The new hip. The new hip (laughs) Todd. He's so cool. I've been to the future, Allison. There's no computers there. But the... But you used to have to like defrag it, right? and so that it would yes. like resort out all the memory. And I always say thought as dreams is you're defragging things and and you're re- you're sorting all your memories, you're putting everything back in order mm-hmm. and the in the playing right. of that, you're conscious of it,
1: but that still doesn't quite explain why you might suddenly have a romantic dream about someone that you weren't aware that you might have feelings about prior.
0: Yeah, that's true because if it was just a defragging, like random people or like some type of thing you're not normal like I've never had that like I'm a straight man, but I've never had a dream like that and it was like a dude or like right. someone a- who is a way different age that I wouldn't normally be attracted to or like it, it would be someone within the ballpark, yeah. you know.
1: Right. If it was purely random, it would be purely random.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: Mm, something to think about.
0: Now, some people may be thinking this is my new intro. (laughs) I am. (laughs) But it is not, though it should be. Sorry, sorry. Enough AM gold for now. But the, the reason I play that is that was the theme song to The Spy Who Loved Me, the 1977 James Bond mm-hmm. film, which was the best by Roger Moore, who is also my favorite James Bond. Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com, if you have a problem with that. I know, <laughs> I, I got to get an email that just says no, or just says yeah. Sean Connery from our... Our one listener that just sends one word replies to my questions. <laughs> and I'm always wrong, by the way. So, <laughs> Daniel Craig. George Lazenby. So, uh, I was just playing that song, which I think I think probably the best Bond song. Uh, I don't know. Allison, I feel like you haven't watched a lot of James Bond movies in your life, because I've never heard you reference one.
1: <sighs> right. When I introduced myself I didn't say Rosen, Allison Rosen. <laughs> I don't ever say shaken not stirred. No. And um and that's the extent of my Bond references. So you would be right. I could name some movies but I haven't seen them. So I don't have a favorite Bond. But I feel like Roger Moore is he the original? Uh, or was, is it this George Lazenby that I've not heard of?
0: You no, know, it was uh Sean Connery was the original. And oh. then Oh. And then he wanted really? too much money. Yeah. Sean Connery from in, the Indiana Jones movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I know who that is, sure.
0: She talks in her sleep. Um, <laughs> the uh and, and so but then, and then Sean Connery after like six films wanted too much money and got into a fight with the producers so they hired a male model, George Lazenby, who did it for like one wow. movie. And actually the movie's pretty good. Uh he's just mm-hmm. not that great as Bond. And then uh Connery came back. And then it was Roger Moore for like seven movies. But Moore is like the 70s Bond. So he's like slightly the bell-bottomy Bond. And, That's
1: who I want to see.
0: Right. And he's like way kind of, he's kind of making fun of the character guy at the same time. Like he's, he's, he's right. like the tongue in cheek. He's the funny Bond, you know?
1: Okay. So, That's my Bond then
0: yeah. too. And he's 70s. So he's great. But anyway, so, but also he was a great humanitarian who was, who did a whole bunch of like, Uh, Great work for like UNICEF and uh, a guy who seemed like, you know, he played James Bond like the tough guy, but was actually like this peace advocate and the whole bit. So he's kind of not who you think he is. But anyway, so there's a story on Upworthy this week. Uh, It was about a thing went viral on Twitter where a guy talked about how he ran into Roger Moore at an airport uh, when the, the guy was like seven years old. And it was when he was playing James Bond. And so the guy's named Mark Haynes, and he shared this amazing story. He said, as a seven-year-old in about 1983, which was when the film Octopussy came out, in the days before the first-class lounges at airports, I was with my granddad, and I saw Roger Moore sitting at the departure gate reading a paper. My grandpa had no idea who James Bond or Roger Moore were, so he walked over and he popped in front of Roger Moore with the words, My grandson says you're famous. Can you sign this? (laughs) And hands him the airplane ticket, which I'm sure people love hearing. I hear you're famous. (laughs) Sign that. But Moore was quick to ask the child's name and sign the back of the plane ticket with, quote, a fulsome note of best wishes. So Haynes admitted that he was ecstatic at the time. But then when he sat down to look at it, it was signed Roger Moore, not James Bond. So, my granddad looks at it, and he figures out it says Roger Moore, and I have no idea who Roger Moore is, and my heart (laughs) sinks. So, I tell my granddad that he signed the wrong name. So, the granddad goes back to Roger Moore and says, I'm sorry, but you signed the wrong name. (laughs) So, now Roger Moore, he crinkles up his face, and then it kind of dawns on him what happened. So, he motions to bring the kid over and gets down on his level and says... He, he goes, I have to sign my name as Roger Moore because otherwise Blofeld, who's like the bad guy in a lot of Bond movies, might find out I was here. So And, and he asked him not to tell anybody. If someone asked them if they've, quote, seen James Bond, thank you for keeping the secret. So then <laughs> his, uh, his granddad asked him if he signed James Bond and he said, no, no, no. I'm actually working with James Bond now. <laughs> which was which is like the ultimate cool move by roger moore you yeah know? um and then later in the story he ends up meeting roger moore when he's like 30 and tells him the story and then roger moore does a similar joke again he's like well i don't remember but you know so that is that's very cool with somebody having fun with the idea that they're james bond versus being like oh god another guy with the james right. bond thing
1: that's so sweet. How did this, did he explain how he ended up meeting him when he was 30?
0: Yeah, were, he was working on like a UNICEF campaign that Roger Moore was okay. doing. Okay. But it reminded me of, also I was watching this thing this week, and it was like a tribute to Gilbert Gottfried, I guess. And um,
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And Jason Alexander was on it. And I guess he had, you know, he said back when he started Seinfeld and was getting noticed for it, he was talking with William Shatner. And William Shatner, who also had a hard time being Captain Kirk his whole life, eventually came around to it and said, look, 99.99% of people don't get one thing in life like that. And you've got one and embrace it and love it and realize the joy you can give to other people because of it. And so it changed Jason Alexander's opinion on being like, oh God, someone's yelling some George line at me, you know, from across the street. But right. this story reminded me, and I know I don't know if I, I probably told this story on the show. So stop me if you've heard this one before. But it reminded me when I was fourteen, and I was at a golf course, and I saw Chris Farley, and he had just—I don't
1: think I've heard this.
0: Yeah, he had just started at SNL, and so I don't think a ton of people were probably approaching him, kind of thing. But like, I was a kid who like taped SNL every week and like watched every episode five times, or whatever. So I knew exactly who he was. And so he was, in golf, like, you go to the first tee to tee off and start your hole. And the people who aren't in your group kind of wait back until it's your turn. So he was, like, two groups ahead of me. And I saw him, and I was like, (gasps) and I went to my dad, like, "That's, that's the guy from Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. And my dad, you know probably stopped watching when John Belushi left or whatever, hadn't, you know, (laughs) eh, whatever. These new people on the show, it's not funny anymore, you know. Um, And so then I I had my golf card and I had a little golf pencil and I walked up to him and I said, oh, Chris, could you sign my... And he was like, oh, just big, as everybody says, Chris Farley, like a big, you know, just lovable. Oh, hey, buddy, thank you, you know, and doing the whole bit. And he was just so super nice. And... And then he points to his, his buddy who's sitting in like a New York Giants hat. And he goes, you see that over there? That's Opera Man. Because Adam Sandler just started oh, wow. at the same time. But he wasn't quite as known, I think, right off the bat kind of thing. And But I knew, of course, I was like, oh, it's Adam Sandler. But he was just kind of a quiet, eh, 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 you know. And so he mm-hmm. signed too. So I have a golf card signed. It says like, Todd, you're awesome. Chris Farley. Todd, you're cool. Adam Sandler whatever. And I have it. <laughs> I've got to frame that. But
1: I was going to say, where do you have it?
0: It's like in a box in here, so I gotta.
1: Oh my gosh, Marie Kondo it. would would definitely. Ta- you know Marie Kondo, right? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, sparking joy and all that. She would say you gotta get it out and have it displayed. Otherwise, it's not doing. You know, you can't enjoy it if it's in a box.
0: Oh, and I want to put it on my desk because I think it. And it's something everybody always responds to. Like, I, pe- I posted it on Facebook one time, like the, the picture. And then I get random people, like IM me. I get, like, message requests of people wanting to buy it. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I feel like, sorry, go ahead. And I'm always like, never selling it. But let's just say you had a number.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. I know you're never going to sell it, but how much are they offering, roughly?
0: Last guy was like a hundred and fifty bucks. I'm like, are you serious? What?
1: What like what is your number that you would never
0: sell it for? Oh, I would never sell it for five grand. Five grand. Pay off yeah. my car note. I'll take some five photocopies grand seems like of a good, it. Yeah. yeah. A good amount
1: to never sell it for. Yeah. I mean a hundred and fifty or a hundred or whatever you just said, that's insulting. Yes. To get out of here with that low ball offer. Yeah. Chris. Far- Maybe it was just his opening bid.
0: Yeah, Chris Farley is like wishing you bad juju from heaven right now yeah. uh, for offering yeah. that, that small, petty amount.
1: That's, that's rude. I feel like you and I handle people yelling Upwardly Weekly phrases at us pretty well. People mm. are always like, rate your week, rate your week. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah."
0: is yeah. this going
1: to follow me for the rest of my life?
0: Like, or that time we were out at dinner, and then that guy from across the table was like,
1: watch out for that anvil, Daniel! Watch out for that anvil! Uh, Yeah, yeah. Or they're always like, meow, meow! You know, and I'm like, "Oh, You guys, when the cats do something up where they will cover them, That's how right. many times we have to go through this, you
0: know? Oh, or uh, you were telling me about the time that you were, you're like at the... You are walking down the street, and every window, someone started blaring the Mariah Carey song as you walk down the street, just like... Yeah.
1: That really does happen. <laughs> a couple was shocked after unintentionally signaling that they're swingers during a beach vacation. Todd, Perry, this is a story that is close to our hearts, not mm. for the reason that some people might think from just listening to this, uh early on, you and I were talking about the fact that I didn't know until somewhat recently that evidently pineapples are a symbol did I teach you this, or did you teach did you already know this? I just like a lot of okay, so, sorry, I should just finished my sentence pineapples are a symbol that you are into the swinging lifestyle, mm-hmm. evidently. So if you have like pineapple clothing, if you have pineapple home decorations, it can, you can be uh, – some people will assume you're sending a message that you're open to swinging, which is what this couple found out, and I'm going to tell their story in a second. But this is something that you and I have talked about and joked about because I only discovered this, I feel like, very recently – and re- tell me, did you already know it or did I tell you or did you tell me?
0: No, you told me. And then I, I did. Okay. I remember because I hadn't noticed it in my worldview. And then it was like I saw the, the swinger matrix after you explained it to me. <laughs> yeah. And then I've, mm-hmm. whenever I see it and I think it's an obvious sign of swinging, I, I text you and I send you a picture. Like um, yeah. a couple months ago, at your
1: friend's house.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Mike and Debbie. Debbie listens to the show. Debbie Hi Debbie. I sent a picture of your shower curtain to <laughs> Alice and Rosen because it had a huge <laughs> pineapple on it. And now I'm gonna reveal that on the show. But also yeah. we but also really really being covert with the swinging. if someone has to get all the way into your bathroom before they realize <laughs> it.
1: Right. But you're right, you're right, because yeah, that's someone who's sending really mixed messages. So anyway, Linda and her husband, this, this was a, a a woman named Linda made a TikTok about this situation. So Linda and her husband chose cute bathing suits with pineapples on them, uh, and then they went away on their beach vacation, and they noticed that people were being extra nice to them, and it seemed like they were like extra interested in them. Uh, and Linda and her husband didn't know what it was that they were communicating Via their cute bathing suits. Um, So yeah, placing a pineapple on your mailbox or on your front porch is a sign that a swinging party is happening. Uh, Some people say that it is an upside down pineapple. I only recently heard this, that actually there's, I guess, some debate about whether it's a right side up pineapple or I guess the original, one of the original, I don't know how far back the original thing is, but at some point an original swinging symbol was to put an upside down pineapple in your shopping cart. And that would indicate something. And then someone in the story is quoted as saying that they like moved to a new town and they've been putting it upside down. They're into swinging and they've been putting an upside down pineapple in their shopping cart. And it has not led to uh, in an opportunity yet, but someone definitely like winked at them and was like, I see, I see what you're doing here. Mm. Um, and then also we, I have learned via this story that wearing a black ring on your right hand can indicate that you are open to meeting swingers. And like, if you want to, you could say to someone, oh, I see you're wearing a black ring on your right hand. Maybe we are in the same club.
0: Oh.
1: See, now, this is now like how you got, you know, a pineapple pilled and then you saw it everywhere. I'm going to start noticing <laughs> black rings everywhere.
0: Pineapple pill On right hand. <laughs> on right hand. Uh, you know, speaking of the the pineapple pilling, I, I would think that if you have the upside down pineapple in your shopping cart it seems to me like i don't know when i go out to stater brothers like i'm not in the mood to be like soliciting sexual activity
1: i know is that the only place where you can do it
0: but i think the thing is if you're a swinger you have such a libido that you're mm. you're constantly open to fielding that type of thing it's like you know people who pick up on people at work or like date coworkers, right. or whatever i'm always like if i'm in a work setting i'm at my least libidinous mm-hmm. that i am during the day so even if there was somebody i liked or i found attractive i wouldn't be like coming on which i wouldn't be in my my coming on to somebody element you know right right like t- yeah, time in- and <clears throat> for some people there's a time and place, and I guess for other people there is there's always a time and place.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, until you have one of those weird dreams about someone, and then you're like, "Hmm, I'm looking at you differently."
0: You know, I was thinking, I should, I should do this for like with my wife, and not, not to start swinging. But just to see what kind of off, kind of offers we get, try to see like yes! what's what's the market value. Like, don't right. don't tell my wife and put her in like just oh. in a, in a pineapple bikini or whatever. Like the the gal on the show and this, you know, while we're in Hawaii, see what kind of offers we get. Like, if it's something like, oh, okay, we're looking pretty good, or mm-hmm. whoo, it's a good thing we don't swing, or else you know this would yeah. be a a bad run we'd have here in Kauai. Right,
1: you may as yeah, may as well see what's out there. Although I feel like in Hawaii, it's pineapples everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, a lot of. A lot... I
1: told you, my former dentist. His whole website, like hit the logo for his business, was pineapples. What was I stumbling into? <laughs> <laughs> and then also, let's say you work at Dole, but no. you're into swinging. How do you let people know? It's like trying to throw out. It's like yeah, trying to throw out a trash can. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're never gonna get the message. You just have to be yeah. like, hey yo, I swing. Or like, here's a picture of my wife. Huh? <laughs> you know. <Exactly>. Huh? <laughs> I I once went to a swingers bar. What? Yeah. Not not with my wife though. I had heard back back when I was single, I had heard that there was a swingers bar in Norwalk, California. It's called it's closed now. I looked it up. It's called Hooks Tavern. Mm-hmm. And I, I told this to my friends. I said, "We got to stop by because I just want to see how this works." Like, right? And, yeah. And so the three of us went, and this is how stupid we are. We were back then. <laughs> we we each. I go. You know, if we all show up together, it's going to look weird. So we'll each show up. You know, we'll stagger ourselves and not mm-hmm. look like we know each other. So. <laughs> It's an amazing in, plan. I walk into the bar and I sit at the bar. And like 10 minutes later, my buddy comes and sits like two seats from me. And then another, my third buddy comes and sits like two seats from him. It's like a heist. And we all looked at each other like we don't know. We're like all the same age. Like it's <laughs> clear we just can't like.
1: And now you're just weird.
0: Yes. And then we all had like one drink and then got up in then 10 minutes increments. <laughs>
1: Did anyone talk to you guys at all?
0: No, because here's the (laughs) thing. No. Sorry. We didn't talk to each other. It was a very lonely drink, (laughs) but I looked around, and here's what I noticed. At least if you're swinging in Norwalk, there's a certain demographic that's there, and it was white men with Asian wives, and it, Mm. it, it appeared as though that it was possibly some kind of someone got married and then came to America. Situation going on? Okay. Okay. And it was all got all couples that were like three couples and they all had the same exact thing going on. So Interesting. Yeah, and they, they were all there and uh Yeah. And they were all they were all sitting apart from one another too. Now, then I start thinking, wait, the
1: the women and the men were sitting apart or the couples were sitting
0: the apart? The cu- those three couples and uh,
1: and like they were in like two here two here two here or or individuals all spread out
0: uh like it was like kind of like if you had like 10 cocktail tables Uh and then they were each sitting at their own like cocktail table got it then i started thinking okay you're in there and there's two other couples and then if you just go up and like pick one couple be like well they're slightly better looking like we're going to go over to them like mm-hmm. you, you, you probably talk to your wife and you're like man that other couple's going to feel really bad because the only action is happening between us <laughs> right yeah like right really acing well, them that up, poor, you know
1: yeah maybe that's why it was like a a a, a standstill yeah a, a stalemate Stand-off. A holding pattern, a standoff. Wait, I have I have so many. Qu- I have a lot of thoughts here. Okay, well, it sounds like it was couple couple swinging, right? Were you were you, well, you weren't really hoping for any action? You just wanted to see what was going on, you, or were you thinking that like they might a, a couple might pick you up or something?
0: Mm, no, I was no, I was no new. No. I I was there because I just was socially interested in seeing what the heck goes on at a I place see. like this. I was very interested in, in seeing uh, how yeah. this plays out. I like weird scenes, you know?
1: Right. How did you hear about it?
0: I think I, like, Googled Swinger's bar.
1: Oh, wow. You yeah. went searching for it.
0: Yeah. But... Jessica, Jessica Chastain is inspiring her daughter to expand her, her, her horizons. You can be more than just one thing. Actress Jessica Chastain usually keeps her family life private, but she understands that some stories need to be shared, and one of those is the conversation she had with her daughter. Like every parent, she asked her daughter what, she, what she wants to be when she grows up, and her four-year-old daughter said, I want to be a mama. And she said, that's a great thing to be, but you know, you could be more than one thing. And the child did not know she had more than one option. So Chastain continued. I said, well, look at me, honey. I'm a mama. I'm an actress. I'm a producer. I'm a business owner. I'm a friend. I'm a cook. And she started listing all the different things that she's are. So she was saying, you could be a ballerina. You could be a mama. And you could be the president. You could be all these things, and I picked this story to talk about today because last week we did a story about how uh, George Takei was talking about how he would you on like yes. on the London stage at the age of 85 and he had no idea he thought his career was winding down but really it was just kept picking up. And about how people, regardless of their age, many people like Julia Childs or Rodney Dangerfield, later in life, they actually had their careers begin. So anybody out there who was listening, I'm just saying if you feel like maybe you missed the boat on something, no, 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 no. There's still a chance to get out get out there and do it. And I think that also this is kind of works in reverse. It's like some people as they're young, they're raised to have kind of narrow horizons. Mm-hmm. And especially, I imagine being a woman, uh, you know, you can just be a mom or you could you know you you cannot ask for much more than that your your simple job is child rearing and reproduction. Um, nobody cut that up into a drop, please. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, or the idea that you have to choose, yeah, and I think Jessica Chastain is saying, look, there's and it's really interesting to think about, you know the 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 longer we live the more common it is for people to have multiple careers. I I feel like most people at this point, they were one thing, they become something else. They do a lot of things at once. We're all sort of multi-hyphenates in some way. Um, So yeah, that's like, it really is a good idea, I think, to have that conversation young that yes, you can be a, a mommy and you can be this and you can be that. But boy, Jessica Chastain loves herself some Jessica Chastain, doesn't it seem that way?
0: It does. It does.
1: I mean, she has no problem rattling off all of the things she's doing.
0: <laughs> Look at all the things I'm producing. I am a... Yeah. She should have said, she should have said, you know what, honey? You could be a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was thinking on a deeper level, and this is a discussion I had many times on the What's This Dao All About podcast, and when kind of in the Taoist philosophy we talked about on the show is that... Uh, the the key in life is actually to remove the labels you place on yourself or the identities, and therefore you could live more free. When when mm-hmm. people really buy into owning an identity, whether that's a religious thing or a political thing or whatever, it ends up limiting them. You know, and I would say, you know, no no better way to take a regularly intelligent person and turn them into a idiot than holding really uh, uh, really clinging to some kind of identity and backing it even when it gets ridiculous. You know. Um, and then, you know, in the end, we should really just strive to our identity is to be ourselves in, in the end and be the yes. best Allison. You be the best Allison you could be, you know,
1: that's right. Yes. Yes. I'm a swinger. Yes. Oh. I'm a mom. Yes. I'm, I mean, that's these are just parts of me.
0: Right. Or people define themselves. And no one
1: make that into a drop.
0: Or people define themselves by their career, you know? And then what happens Mm -hmm. when they lose their job or whatever? They become very depressed or that's who I was. I put on that, that uniform was me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, When maybe if they would have developed a different attitude towards it or sense of it, uh, they would be able to move on to different things or that identity saying I am this also can keep you from uh, finding different opportunities in life.
1: Right. I mean, isn't... Is it a Buddhist saying that, or, I, or or philosophy that like pain comes from attachment or from desire? Yes, is that Taoist as well?
0: Uh, the desire can cause some pain, but it's not like it's not the source of all things. It's like, right, having the correct balance of desire would be the the Taoist way of looking at it. Like sometimes d- desire is great and beneficial, and sometimes it's not.
1: mm Hmm. Yes. Hard-hitting but show, yeah, that one was.
0: Sometimes this is this and sometimes that is not.
1: <laughs> right. You know, and then they, whatever, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat. Is that like, is that a Taoist saying, whatever floats your boat?
0: Yes, but in Chinese.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I tra- I translated it. Yeah. But. Actually, no, there's actually yes. a
0: very big thing called the empty boat, which is a very moving uh, piece of writing. And everyone could look that up. Chong says the empty boat. Um Anyway, is it as
1: good as when you dropped some literature on us the other day?
0: What what was the literature?
1: I don't know. You said something and you're like and that is good writing <laughs> and it was something you had written. Oh yeah, like and yeah. that is literature. Or that I I can't remember if you called it writing or literature, but regardless it mm. was pretentious. Yeah. But but beautiful.
0: But you know, I have down here, you know, professionally I work as a writer, but I don't use that as part of my identity because To quote Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, uh, who said, I'm a writer because I have neither a taste for honest labor nor poverty.
1: (laughs) That's so true. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just
0: have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Allison Rosen on a scale of one through five. One being absolutely terrible, five being Jessica J- Chastain's opinion of herself. Rate your week. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna give this week Ugh, i'm gonna give it a boy mm. I feel like to get no i'm gonna mm. give it a a three point five mm. i I know i've just been up it's just been a cascade of a preponderance of three point fives I was tempted to give it a four, but I'm saving a four for something i mean emotionally I feel a little better, so I feel a little bit four, but really, when the scientists get together and they measure my week, they're gonna give it a three point five mm. it was busy um I had some decent shows. I went down to Orange County went to a doctor's appointment with my dad on um, Monday, which required moving. It was sort of a last minute thing and it required like moving things around to make that work, which was stressful, but I was glad that I was able to go. Um, I think like relatively reassuring news, but still I'm, uh, to, to give away his uh it he has two different cardiologists both of whom are giving him like very different information. Yeah. So this one had good information.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Go, I don't
1: know how what to make of the Yeah, I don't know what to make of the fact that they're they're saying two different things. Yeah. And and then I was talking to a friend whose mom's cardiologist had like three different cardiology opinions from three different cardiologists. So maybe this is a cardiology thing. I don't know. It seems weird that you can have that many different opinions I feel like he needs a tiebreaker but um and then uh my mother-in-law's in town she came a day early <clears throat> we just received a text at 9 30 in the morning on my way and oh. Daniel and I are both like what <laughs> we thought you were coming the next day um but it actually worked out like sort of well uh and the kids are delighted so yeah so that was my week It just it was fine
0: she do your laundry
1: She's been doing Daniel's laundry. Yeah. No, I do, I do my own laundry. Okay. But she loves to do Daniel's laundry. She loves it.
0: Are you a better person than you were last week?
1: Mm, I feel like I am. Mm. And now I'm trying to think of a reason why. Yeah, um, you have a look of
0: self-satisfaction. I,
1: mean, I know. It's weird. From, from whence springs this smugness? What have I possibly done to warrant thinking I'm a little bit better? I'm trying to think if there's even a 10% improvement in any area. Um No. Yeah, you know why I'm I'm better? Cuz I have un, just the unwarranted self-confidence. Oh, wow.
0: That's That I, seems
1: great. How'd you get that? I don't know. It just it just appeared right now. So that must mean I'm doing something right.
0: <laughs> maybe, all, maybe no, you know what? Maybe we all walk around with that, yeah.:
1: Yeah. No, I think it's actually, actually, I am a better person because I had a long therapy session wherein I just bawled my eyes out oh, wow. and really like went into some like anticipatory grief I'm feeling about being concerned about my about losing my dad mm. although I want to repeat like there's no date on the calendar I don't know it's not like he's like it's not nothing's imminent. um so I don't know but that's part of the confusion of it is just not knowing but anyway like I had a good hard therapy <laughs> Good hard. That makes it sound like I was like doing a marathon or something. But, <laughs> hard, but you know, I <laughs> I, f- I fearlessly went there in, uh, in a therapy session. So I, obviously, that must I must be a better person. Otherwise, what a waste of money.
0: I really went hard at talking about myself for <laughs> fifty minutes.
1: <laughs> Todd, mm. what about you? On a scale of one to five, one being the sound of Anne Hathaway's mouth, and then five being... And the other thing I wanted to um, quickly
0: say is that, in my opinion, the language of hatred begins
1: with the self. Thank you. No offense to Anne Hathaway. We all get dry mouth sometimes. And five being finding an escalator, an elevator, and a roller coaster in the back of your closet. How was your
0: week? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Uh, It's pretty Mm -hmm. uneventful, kind of. And, uh, but the, 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 most notable thing was I went to the movies the other night and I saw that the movie, the Fablemans, the new Steven Spielberg movie. Oh yes. And I mm. went to go see it because I guess it's like bombing like Steven Spielberg's movie, which is very, very good <laughs> is like bombing at the box office because people don't go to movies anymore. And, I really thought it was a lovely, lovely film about his life growing up and his dreams and reminded me as a kid, like getting all your friends out there with the camcorder and getting them to beat each other up and putting fake blood on them. <laughs> and it ends, I won't, no spoilers, but the last five minutes of the movie is one of the most joyous moments I've had in a movie in a movie theater in quite some time. Really? So uh, great review for The Fablemans, And so that was a cool part of my week.
1: I have that's interesting. I yeah, I've heard it's not great. So you're saying you're saying don't listen to those reviews. <sighs>
0: go, go to Rotten Tomatoes and uh it's like 94% fresh. So I don't know what kind Look of snobby film nerds you're speaking with, but uh I found it delightful.
1: Delightful. And are you a better person?
0: No, I am clearly not a better person. Mm. And my wife, they had like friends' miss for my wife's friends and families. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, my wife's best friend made me a, what's called a Grinch martini. And I didn't really know what was in it, but I had one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then I had two and I don't know how this thing, I couldn't, it had so much stuff in it that I didn't understand how Mm -hmm. strong it was. And I think I got a little too intoxicated, which at 45 is not a good look. Mm-mm. And it, I wasn't like rude or obnoxious. I just like, at a certain point, my wife had to like tap me on the shoulder because I kept showing my buddy Ray pictures of my, my bruised foot because I hurt my foot. And she's like, You already showed him the photo of your foot. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay, I'm cool. And, but it was just like, Look how black my toe is. You know, it was just that kind of thing where it was really inappropriate like I I. but I didn't know I didn't know and I, I, I should have gone for a second one and I did it and then and then also you get me like spouting off pointless statistics it's like apropos of nothing like where everyone's playing like a card game and I'm like oh, actually violent crime is a lot lower than people assume these days just because I'm a wealth of knowledge from all the upworthy stories and so the next morning I just woke up and I was like man I just I just i don't know and like i'm just waiting all day for my wife to say something like "Eh, want another grinch martini todd you know and so i felt really bad about that so that that made me a worse person because i shouldn't let it get that far to Mm. embarrass myself and then uh i screwed up as a parent this week twice i Forgot to pick. I forgot. it was early dismissal for my kid the other day, oh. and I I got a photo of my kid sent by my neighbor. Going, I found a Declan at school, and I was like, oh god. And um, I was supposed to quiz my kid on his spelling words today, and I forgot. And so yes, I've been a subpar parent this week. So here's to next week with me getting my life together. And and now, It'll
1: be much improved.
0: And now, okay. So the thing is, before we go, I have tonight another. Uh, Christmas thing that I got to go to with friends not that I got to I enjoy these people and Mike and Debbie with the pineapple will be there but oh so I was good luck I was thinking to myself I say okay I'm really I was really psyching myself up this morning so I go I know the Grinch martinis are going to be back because everybody wants to see me embarrass myself again and I was like okay <laughs> I gotta I it's gotta, gotta like have you brought some, joy yeah I gotta have some you know it's everybody's joy you love it everybody loves it yeah um uh, it's a S- gift. So we gotta have some self-control. Thank Allison Rosen for spending her time with me today on this show. So thank you, Allison. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.
1: Like, what do you have for me today, Satan?